Energy Daily Podcast, covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Your host is always Jeff Floyd. You are joining us here for the Action Heat Locked On Browns pregame show as we get ready for Sunday, December 3rd, September 23rd. Game 15, Week 16 at First Energy. Uh, looks like officially now a sellout for the last home game of the year. Uh, good, everybody. It, it, it should be. Uh, this has been a huge, huge step in what should finally be the recovery of this franchise since the return to Cleveland. Uh, you know, obviously, fun fun storylines. Always, you know, the Bengal-Browns rivalry. The fact that uh, Hugh Jackson will be returning with a very packed crowd, a lot of uh, holiday cocktails floating around. That should go over very well, I'm assuming. It should be a very, very, very nice, you know, uh, ringing and welcoming back and maybe even some Christmas cards and trays of cookies will be exchanged between everybody. Joining us always for the Locked On pre- and post-game show. Uh, Even though some of you listeners don't like him, i got to tell you guys, everybody listens to the show, so Pete ain't going anywhere for a while. Pete Smith, NFL Spin Zone, obviously does a fantastic job there. Going to be shifting now to head coach stuff, free agent stuff, a ton of draft stuff here shortly. But Pete, first things first, happy holidays. Appreciate you uh, making the time here for me. But we still got a couple ball games to cover, bro. I've yet to. I've never seen a half game lead feel like such a massive difference between these two teams. Like the Browns are six seven and one, and the Bengals are six and eight, and it feels like where the two teams have gone that they're like six games apart. The Bengals feel completely irrelevant, and the Browns are actually doing things. It's kind of like each of the Ohio teams. They kind of like it was two maybe deer that ran to the highway. The Browns were ahead, and they're still running fine. And the Bengals are on the shoulder, and unfortunately, you know, a police officer or somebody from, you know, the public works or somebody's going to have to come put the animal out of his misery. And it's every, it's every which way it is with Cincinnati. Um, you can't fool yourself anymore with Marvin Lewis. Nobody should be a head coach of a franchise as long as Marvin Lewis has been there and doesn't have a Super Bowl ring. Uh, you, the, you brought Hugh Jackson back for what possible reason? I mean, you brought back a, a guy whose reputation is, you know, as a loser, you cannot escape the record he has. You brought him into this mix. It's only made things worse. Everybody's hurt. Anybody of consequence is hurt. Um, but we're going to get into it here. Uh, you know, Bengals offense, Browns defense. When we did it the first time, we maybe sold, and this looks like a guy who's not going to be playing, but we kind of sold the wide receiver who had been had was having a really good year. We said maybe you're going to do everything to stop Joe Mixon, and that's probably the way it's going to be this week. We may have undersold the other guy. Yeah, I look, the the Bengals have two receivers that are better than anyone on the Browns and in in AJ Green and Tyler Boyd and both of them appear to be out, not just out for this week, but shut down. Uh so you're left with Mixon who's up, you know, as a nice player, but part of the reason he he's looking good right now is cuz he got to just run all over a Raiders team that uh had no chance. So in a lot of ways it's going to look a lot uh, like the game plan that was uh, against the Broncos in that standpoint, uh, you know, bottle up in that case, it was Philip Lindsay who had like 24 yards. In this case, it could be Joe Mixon. You're going to say everybody else has to beat us or we're not going to lose. And realistically, I mean, I, I have difficulty finding a way for the Bengals to score any points, but short of a, you know, blowout where the Browns sort of let them back in the second half. I I struggle to find how they're going to score more than or score double digits in this. Well, well, and the first thing you're going to look at is you know, and like you said, you're going to sell out for Joe Mixon. 
And But the thing is, is what you worried a little bit about with your Denver game plan was there were some guys who could get deep. Uh, Cody Core's not getting deep. My boy, Auden Tate, I mean, they may run him deep. I don't know if anything's going to happen there. Alex Erickson, that is not his calling card. So what exactly are you left with? And I mean, unless it's, you know, you're going to pull out some trick plays out of your ass, which, you know, Cincinnati's never really been that creative. If you're going to do whatever, maybe now's the time. But I mean, I 100% agree with you. And unless it's, you know, some basically like game one, where it was just so out of hand, the Browns just kind of went to a soft zone where we'll let you go 70 yards in 10 plays, but you're not going 70 yards in two. I don't really see how there's much of a matchup whatsoever. Right, and and you know, when when uh, Andy Dalton went down, you know the, the change of quarterback was different. Uh, they hadn't studied him. Uh, and I, I'll be I, honest, he hasn't looked. I mean, you look at how bad some of his quarterback plays in the league. He's going to be around for a while. I mean, he could end up as a Drew Stanton or a Chase Daniel, where if he's a good enough guy, he'll be in the league ten to twelve years. Sure, Jeff Driscoll's. You know, he's fine, but. You know, it's it it should be a situation where the Browns now have you know a couple games to study of him, and it shouldn't be a surprise. They'll have, obviously do a little bit more to contain him because he is a good athlete. Hell, I mean, if he if they had another quarterback, Jeff Driscoll might be their most dangerous receiver this week. Um, but with, don't, without that, don't, with, don't tell Marvin that. <laughs> without without that sort of surprise, I mean, I, I just feel like the Browns are going to be way more prepared for Jeff Driscoll, and there's a real recipe to just shut him down and really just absolutely handcuff that offense, and especially because they don't have weapons. So, I mean, if 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 they can can slow down Joe Mixon and they get him into you know if they put Driscoll in third and eleven or, or you know third and seven or more it's going to be difficult for him to sort of make things happen. I mean, he may pick up a first down with his legs. He may make a couple plays like that. But if he's sitting there and he has to deal with, you know, deep coverage while they're blitzing guys or, God forbid, they don't blitz guys and they just let the front four do their job, their offensive line has no real chance to block the the Browns' pass rush. It's just really hard to imagine that they're going to be able to sort of survive – uh, with that for for a while, and 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 you you know maybe they come out with some trick stuff. Maybe they come out with something the the Browns haven't seen to sort of open up the game and try to catch them by surprise. But realistically, uh, the longer this game goes, the harder I think the Bengals are going to have a, a t- doing anything offensively. And it's really going to come down to you know can the Bengals even hold onto the ball at all? That's if I'm if I'm the Bengals, that'd be my biggest concern is that the, the time of possession is going to be just so lopsided that the defense, uh, which does have some guys left, is just going to get worn out. Which we know, and we know well. Um, And I did, I'm sorry, I did fail to mention here, look, John Ross. And this should maybe be a game, look, they put a lot in their selection of John Ross. This should be a 10-12 target game for John Ross. There's just no way around it. Sure. I mean, if, if... In the same way that this, you know, this Bengals really the defense in particular feels like man, they're just running out, running out the, running out the the, the, the schedule and trying to get to the off season. You know, the, the Bengals are slightly dangerous in the sense that they have a lot of guys who are playing to prove themselves and try to establish themselves careers. And John Ross is certainly one of those guys. He's certainly shown you hints of what he can be, but it's been really inconsistent. They've obviously had weapons that are way more preferable to him. 
But whether it's Driscoll or some of these young receivers like Cody Core, like John Ross, you're going to want to see. They're going to want to, you know, even if it's not for the Bengals, they're auditioning for continuing their pro career. And in that sense, there's a little bit of a a danger. And and, and really, it's like almost like you you put a bunch of college cliches in this game that the Browns can't get in trouble by looking past them and looking ahead to the Raiders and or the the Ravens and those types of things. They really have to actually take care of business first before they can worry about that final game of the year. And and on the other side of the ball, it's going to be guys like Sam Hubbard, who's having a nice, pretty nice year, and some of those, those young guys try to to prove themselves and make a name for themselves. So, I mean, there's certainly an element of this Bengals team where they're just looking to roll over and die, but there's enough there that's trying to prove themselves that, that, that's going to be a little frisky that you, you just can't take your eye off the ball and really focus on this team. And we're going to – here, we'll go, we'll go to this here. Um – Miles Garrett, uh, last time against Cincinnati Bengals, 12 total pressures. Absolute beast. He, uh, I believe he's two and a half sacks away from having 23 sacks before his 23rd birthday. Uh, if he can get home, even with a, just a little bit more consistency than he did in that game, this is just going to spell absolute doom because you're going to have Ward back. It's going to be the first time you've had Ward and Terrence Mitchell in the same secondary since Oakland game. Um, other guys have found roles. TJ Carey, you know, likes to be that tough, grabby guy. Uh, Calhoun has obviously, you know, found comfortability once again. You have the beast in deep center and Demarius Randall, who does a little bit of everything or anything you ask him to do. And Jabril Peppers, whose confidence level right now, I mean, it's you know, it's got to be like Empire State Building levels. So this is a really interesting game for Miles Garrett because he was so mad at himself for what he couldn't do with Driscoll the first time around. So as much as I, I talk about and I do think there's a real worry that they, they need to really focus on this, make sure they take care of business and not get ahead of themselves, I think Garrett's going to try to make a statement in this one. I, I think it, you know, he's a guy that is he, – he's very good at motiv- motivating himself anyway, but – this feels like one where he's gonna he's gonna do everything in his power to make sure that he he lets uh, Jeff Driscoll and the Bengals know that they got lucky the last time that he didn't get more of those sacks that he wasn't able to get more more of those plays home and that he's really gonna make make a statement in this one uh, and and in that same vein and you talk about Jabril Peppers and Demarius Randall obviously had the big play in Cincinnati I, I think the the Browns are a really good opportunity for them to get at least one defensive touchdown. I was uh, going pick, for it last week, but it may be this one. I, I just It's so hard to imagine with how underpowered they are and how good the Browns feel about themselves, how much better they tend to play at home. The fact that they have the confidence of having beaten the Bengals already, you know, that added motivation that they're downplaying a little bit other than Jabril Peppers, which I loved, uh, talking about Hugh Jackson. uh I, there's just a lot here that that I think they they need to make this happen. The other part of this is look, the if the Browns can win against the Bengals, they sweep the Bengals this year, and if they can beat the Bengals and the Ravens, they're going to be four one and one into the division. Uh, and as much as fans of the Browns have a good sense of where this team's going, I do think these two two games represent sort of a lasting impression for a the rest of the division as far as what's coming next year, and b how they're going to sort of be perceived in the national media. Uh, and that doesn't mean that if the Browns lose both these games, and they shouldn't, uh, that they're not going to be you know a really good team next year. But I do think that's going to change sort of how they're viewed 
you know, going into next season as to how good they can be. And obviously a big part of what they've been doing this, the, this since Greg Williams took over has been fighting for respect. And I do think that's going to be a, a big role here is they want to make sure uh, that they have that buzz going into the offseason. The teams are sort of wor- looking out for them. And I think quietly teams <coughs> like the Steelers uh, are already sort of, you know, aware of where this team can go. But I do think that if they can sort of really set that edge uh, going to the offseason, 4-1-1 one, one in the division, that's where you can easily see a path where now you can talk playoffs because it has to start within your own division. You're obviously going to play six games against them every year. And if you can send that message in a, a, with with a year that was, you know, seemed lost and in some ways still is – you can sort of really give them a heads up as to what's coming, and then everybody's going to sort of feed off that uh, in the off season. It's going to be f- much larger than a fan base trying to get respect for this team, and then the team itself trying to get respect. Well, and, and, I, and I, it's paramount what you're saying, and I 100% agree. And like that, you could always know up until this season, there would always be one of you know one of the two Pittsburgh Steelers Baltimore Raven games was going to be a prime time affair. This trends out correctly and finishes like it should, or even close enough to it sh- where it should. So the Browns get seven wins. That Baltimore Raven Pittsburgh primetime game that may go off the slate because look, the NFL knows what Cleveland means if it's good, and if Cleveland goes seven eight and one this year, yeah, that primetime Raven Steeler game that can maybe go to a one o'clock on a Sunday. The one of the two Steelers Cleveland Browns games. That becomes a primetime matchup that people want to see. Miles Garrett is a star. Baker Mayfield is a star. It's, it's a sellable product. And look, you know the, the, the Browns understand that. And look, Greg Williams, he wants to do everything he can. He doesn't want to change. Look, if I end up being the head coach here, that's fine. Todd Haley, look, I end up being the head coach here, that's fine. So how does any of this work out for these guys? They don't know what the unknown is. What's the best for everybody? Win, 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 keep winning. And so, yeah, go ahead. As much as... You know, there's not a ton on the line. Let's say the Browns win this game. They take care of business, and we aren't getting too far ahead of ourselves next week. Well, I'll mention it. If the Browns play the Ravens, there's not a ton on the line, but that's still a very big game uh, in terms of watchability and sort of those two teams making a statement on their way out. You've got, obviously, Lamar Jackson versus Baker Mayfield. Which we're going to get you- 25 more matchups of, hopefully. Right, which is which is why that that could be the game that, or, you know, the Browns stand to be in more than one primetime game. But I do think that the NFL is going to be paying a lot of attention to that. Uh, the idea that they're going to be able to sort of have this Week 17 matchup of Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, and and what that could sort of mean for them as a as a product to sell next year, and just how much fun it will be watching these two rookies sort of face off uh, this year. Well, and, and look in Cincinnati, you don't know Andy Dalton's going to be the quarterback. Not that you know they're selling anything Cincinnati based on Andy Dalton. Ben Roethlisberger, look every year he mentions as when the year's over, I got to see where I'm at. Who knows? It, it, you could conceivably say, look, I mean, Rivers, Manning, Roethlisberger, great great group of quarterbacks from that class, but the, the sun's setting. And look, maybe it's only maybe it's only one more year, but it's coming, and it's coming soon. In the AFC North, there's going to be new stars to focus on. And Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, here's your opportunity. And, you're, you know, and like we were saying earlier, maybe it could be a Ravens-Browns start becoming the primetime game that you're going to get. And the Steelers... You know, no Le'Veon Bell. 
You know, no, a change of quarterback? Who knows? But guys, like I said here, the uh, pregame show of Locked On Browns is brought to you tonight by Action Heat. Guys, most of my listeners are in Ohio. I'm in New Jersey. We have a huge, huge listener fan base You know, uh, across the pond, England, Ireland, wherever. You all got to deal with the winter elements. Um, Action Heat is something that can come in to help you out. Whether you work outside or you enjoy the outdoor activities, skiing, snowboarding, whatever, or look, you got kids, they drag you out sleigh riding. Nobody wants to freeze their butt off. Action Heat. We've got a special deal for all our listeners to save 25% off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on, or use the coupon code locked on at checkout to save 20%. Stay toasty warm this winter while you enjoy all your act- outdoor activities, and we thank them for the sponsorship of this, po- this podcast. Action Heat Clothing, um, they use 5-volt uh, li- lithium-ion batteries that last up to 12 hours on a charge. This is within your coat. They'll heat you up until 135 degrees. It's good stuff, guys. I, I have a jacket. I use it late in the fall for when I'm coaching. It's good. I mean, you end up breaking a sweat. You kind of got to lower it a little bit. Uh, the batteries are very similar to what you can use. It actually can use to charge your cell phone while your phone is in your coat. Um, they have men's, women's clothing. Uh, the sizes vary, so you know you, you can you take care of you know probably almost preteens up into adults as well. Uh, you know a lot of different colors, things of that nature. But Action Heat, uh, you know, twenty percent off. Uh, you know, when you go to your che- uh, to the checkout. Uh, you know, use Locked On as the promo code, 20% off your overall purchase. Makes for a great gift to anybody you know, who works outdoors or for anybody you know who enjoys, like I said, skiing, snowboarding, stuff of that nature, spends a lot of time outside in the winter. For me, I'm getting older. It's crazy to have to do it, but I do have to do it sometimes for my job. But Action Heat, guys, go ahead, check it out. Now, Pete, we're going to shift it on over here. Um, and this is the part where, you know, it's hard when we do this because you want to talk about the D a lot. You want to talk about it's fun because last year when we did any of these, it was like, all right, well, here we go. Browns offense. Look, um, and the first thing I'm going to go to here, and this is maybe, you know, something, you know, I seem to be talking about nobody else does. Baker Mayfield, this is the first time in a season he is going to start against an opponent twice in a divisional game. Freddie Kitchens, this is the first game where he is going to be calling plays the second time against someone within a season. So, and look, I mean, everything was perfect. The first trip to Cincinnati, got out early, pretty much did anything you wanted to for the first two and a half quarters. You were up huge. You kind of didn't do much after that. But look, you know, like we said at the time, uh, if the Browns' biggest problem was that week, they didn't know how to handle being up 35-7, to we'll take that problem every goddamn week. But this is going to be key for Freddie because... Look, the Bengals, they played him, they faced him, you know, like we said earlier, you know, with the flip-flop here. So let's see Freddie come out with some some you know, some new stuff, some different stuff, or you know, or just incorporate not exactly what he used, you know, the first time against Cincinnati, but you know, let's just continue to see some more creativity from Freddie here. And this is a week, you know, it's kind of a litmus test and checking another box for Freddie. We love what he's done. We think he's, you know, building himself a strong resume, but this will be another thing that'll add to it. Sure. I mean, can't you can't let these type of games get away you can't give teams like the Bengals uh hope that they can win this game the longer they stick around the more confidence they have the more they can feel like they can win uh my big thing for this week is whether it's Freddie Kitchens I I I mean I want them to be aggressive but really when it comes to Baker Mayfield is to not get ahead of himself and try to basically compete with the game he had the last time against the Bengals and get into that habit of wanting to force things because he's trying to put up a big score or whatever. 
Uh, and, well, and, and the that, other thing is, a lot of people are harping, oh, he's only six touchdown passes away from breaking the rookie record. No, go get two wins. Don't worry about the rookie record. Right. And so, I mean, and, and obviously, you know, he made the adjustment against the Broncos a little bit, but he came out forcing things early. And, and, and That's what scares me for Cincinnati this week, because what did we see after the Houston game? Baker Mayfield came out the next week, dialed the hell in. Yeah, so, I mean, that's... That's sort of a big thing. And and as a result, you know, as, as sort of a stabilizing force, I, you know, I wonder if, they, if they're going to want to specifically try to give the ball to Chubb quite a bit early just to sort of set that tone to get that even keel because he's always going to be, you know, that, that Joe Cool type personality, whereas Mayfield can run, you know, can run hot. He's not a guy who really runs cold, but he, he, he'll, he'll overheat. Uh, that hopefully they, they, they could find that nice mix where, where Mayfield's locked in, is, is aggressive, but he's not making careless uh, decisions, forcing passes that aren't there, getting himself like a bad turnover that he it really doesn't need because he's trying to throw a ball like he did to Landry last week. Uh-huh. You know, the, the Bengals are beat up. They have a lot of issues defensively. The plays are going to be there. Take what's there. Don't try to overdo it uh you know don't go chasing records don't try to do all that stuff and, and i think he can he has an opportunity to get all those things but it's it's being smart and staying with, within the framework and, and and the bengals last time it wasn't you know big 70 yard plays and stuff like that it was just running the offense and letting it happen and and you just kept finding yourself down making with opportunities to to make plays and get in the end zone and that's sort of the mentality they have to have rather than trying to be up 14 before they're up seven 100 and look and you know if we go back to the third interception baker threw in houston we both agreed baker was trying to make up 20 points on one throw and that's the one issue he does have and i i 100 agree with you on nick chubb because it seems Joe Batonio and it seems Kevin Zeitler, these guys are a little pissed off. Um, they, they feel a little disrespected. Look, you know, guy, you know, I don't care about the Pro Bowl. Pete, I don't know. Yeah, I know you don't care about Pro Bowl. Uh, a lot of the fans care about the Pro Bowl, except when it comes time to sit down and actually watch the game. But you know, these guys, it means something. And you know, if you know, this is a prime opportunity to say, hey, yeah, we want to run the ball a lot this week because you know Joe Batonio. And Zeitler, and you know, Zeitler's wife is very big on Twitter. I, I talk with her. She, you know, they were upset. And look, for for a player, you want that respect. So, you know, what are you going to do this week? You're going to go out and take it out on some guys. Yeah. Well, part of the problem is the way some of these contracts are structured. Well, it's money. There's no doubt, it's money. <laughs> yeah. Some. Of, I mean, well, it's just asinine that the, that there are incentives based on a thing that's so. Uh, and I'll tell you, as a married guy, $225,000 to make the Pro Bowl? Yeah, my wife would care whether or not I made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, it's just dumb that that's sort of how it can work. I mean, all pros, a little more scientific, a little more and logical in how it's decided, um, and, and means more. But that's it, you know that's the thing. is like and Jarvis it's sad Sanders, a third Pro Bowl alternate. And he may end up there. Like, but the other, you know, if there's a silver lining to not make the Pro Bowl, it's certainly the money they, they'd like to get that money is they don't have to play. And if you do make All Pro, you don't, you don't. There's no All Pro game to go play in, which is not the worst thing in the world. But yeah, I do think there's a little bit of that attitude to, to go remind people, you know, how good they've been. And 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 whether it's Petonio Zeitler, I think J.C. Treader has a little 
reason to sort of feel feel good uh, with the way he's played this season, toughing it out. But this is a good opportunity to sort of impose your will a little bit. Obviously, Geno Atkins is still there. That's a hell of a football player. Uh, you've still got to take care of business against him. You can't get sloppy and let him impose his will because he's one of the best in the business. And they've got to take care of him before they do anything else. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and the other part, not 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 a small thing here is I, I have no doubt that line would like to get Nick Chubb a thousand yards. Uh, even though, you know, a thousand yards isn't what it used to be. But with Chubb, he missed. He didn't play so much. Thanks to Hugh Jackson, that it would be meaningful for him to get a thousand yards on the ground. And it would be meaningful for those offensive linemen to, to sort of help him get there and, and drive the ball. But that's all about that attitude they want to keep catering to, keep making them, you know, understand what's to come from this team and how good they can be. So I do think there's going to be a little of an edge to that. And I do think they're going to try to push push the Bengals around and sort of let them know. Hopefully it doesn't get sloppy. I do worry a little bit. And thankfully, it doesn't look like either of the uh, combatants involved from last time. Uh, Vontez Burfick with a concussion uh, issue. He may or may not play, and then Orson Charles out for the season. Uh, and those two were uh, looking to mix it up. I, you know, that's something I would be a little cautious with in this one. That if the Browns start putting on the Bengals again, uh, the Bengals who were embarrassed the last time uh, may try to start some stuff, and 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 it may go wrong, and you get somebody injured or whatever, suspended or all that stuff that that nobody wants to see. But that's sort of the stuff you try to worry about. Uh, and, and just get the win in front of the home fans. Let you know, set the tone for the, the following week, and have an opportunity to finish over 500 for the first time in you know since 2007. Crazy. Well, I mean, they're going to finish over 500 regardless. You know, the help the the help from the Pittsburgh tie will achieve them to that. Um, just going through here some numbers. They tortured the Cincinnati linebacking crew the first time. Between Najoku, between Nick Chubb, between Duke Johnson, 130 yards receiving between those three. Um, it's not gotten any better. And when Perfect was out, uh, you know, obviously uh, the linebacker from Texas, somebody they drafted, had some th- you know some real faith in. Um, I don't think he's playing either. And I saw somebody, and you know, they said, "Oh, uh, how did he get hurt?" And the, you know, I believe the thing was, "Oh, well, the one rep he got was the rep he got hurt on." So if you talk about it, if you don't have Burfecht, granted he didn't do anything the first time either, but it, it, you're still down at that linebacking core. You know, another week where Njoku and the running backs should have a big, big game as pass receivers. Sure, uh, and and it would be nice to you know to to get Duke more involved. I thought he had a really nice game last last week. I'd like to see that continue. Uh, Chubb increasing his role in the passing game, and and Njoku continuing to grow. It, 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 as a player and all the things he's been doing well, uh, including blocking. Uh, but for all the complaining uh, you do about the linebackers and how much you'd like to keep investing there, you know, the Bengals uh, best and brightest are out. I mean, you know, Malik Jefferson could be a really nice player for them. He's out. Perfect is obviously the best of their group. They are really hurting at that spot. I don't know uh, if he's they, the best of their group anymore. I mean, he talks a lot of shit, but I don't think the dude's made a play in like a year and a half. Uh, I would take I would take Vontez Perfect over Nick Vigil. 
Uh, well, I mean, you, 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 I mean, that's well. It, are we looking at it from the Cleveland standpoint? Where you know, I mean, he, oh, he's not. He's he's not allowed, he has look, to do a lot. <laughs> he would. Let's put it this way: he would play on this unit if we had, if we, oh, if, yeah. we if we had him. So he, he's a good player that they will miss, even with all the stupid stuff he does. Uh, that's extracurricular. Uh, that's a player they will certainly miss. Uh, as a Browns fan, I will not uh, be no, on the. I mean, because you think about that. You the one time where Baker was coming up, released the ball, and Burfecht was there, and he didn't deliver it, and Baker even looked over, and he almost come and gave me, like, the thanks, dude. Because, yeah. like, I know your M.O. You were going to do it. No, but beyond that, it's it's get the momentum going to the offseason. You know, this game and the Ravens game. Get guys feeling good, feel, getting that right momentum where they're, they're now take, talking about instead of – we're going to turn this thing around. It's we're going to take that next step, and you know these players want to be a part of it. Whether that's Njoku, whether that's Rashard Higgins, whether that's you know Antonio Callaway and Rashard Perryman, which you you know keep keep making plays for that. This is another week where those guys can really take another step forward and continue that growth uh, and get people really excited going to the off season. And and you know that's always good from the player standpoint that you want them feeling like. You know, that feeling where, you know, you leave the locker room afterwards, you're like, we're going to, you know, take this thing over next year. And that feeling doesn't go away in two weeks. That feeling stays there into February, into March, into April. And you really do take that big next step uh, where you, you know, I think it's fair to say we're, you know, we are expecting playoffs next year. Uh, now, can you take that big step forward and and deliver on? There's some pressure there, and and this group probably could use that little bit of pressure to to get, make them take that next step. Well, in the core of it's going to embrace it. That's what they want. I mean, these guys are you look. I mean, most of the offensive guys, it looks like they're going to follow Baker. Hey, where you want to go? You, you let's go. Let's go work out. Whatever. Miles is going to go do whatever Miles does because that's just the way Miles is, and there's no problem with that. Um, while Pete digs up weather for Sunday, I'm going to remind you guys, the Locked On NFL Podcast by Matt Williamson. Monday shows, you get myself, other hosts here from the Locked On Individual Team Specific Pods. Uh, he puts together three or four interviews and does a great job with that. Sage Rosenfels on Tuesday always gives you some great offensive analysis and breakdowns. Uh, Wednesday, you know, Matt does PFF stuff with Mike Renner. Uh, you know, fantastic work there. Mike Sando, uh, Matt and him have been buddies for years. They do great shows. If you ever get a chance, just listen to it. You get a lot of good football stories with these guys. So those are good shows. Friday's show, Matt will break down the entire slate of games and give you his picks for, you know, a full slate now for the last couple of weeks here in the NFL. You get all the picks from Matt Williamson from there. But the Locked On NFL podcast with Matt Williamson. Good stuff, guys. Go ahead, check it out. Uh, now, Pete, uh, what are we looking at here? Uh, you know, I mean, because it's, it's weird. Look, first day of winter here in New Jersey, it was 63 and raining. Yeah, it hasn't been that bad here. I mean, honestly, it's it's cold and it, and it's windy, but we haven't seen a ton in terms of snow or anything. Now the 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 you know the game time it's supposed to be about forty degrees uh, in December. You'll take it every single yeah. The only you know there's a slight breeze that type of stuff, but it's you know for for December football, late December football, it's kind of you know, the ideal for what you're going to deal with, uh, what you could hope for. So it doesn't look like it's going to be, you know, you know, that sort of sloppy snowy game where guys are losing their feet and all that stuff. It's just going to be slightly cold and you may have Baker Mayfield, you know, running off the field after scoring touchdowns into the coat and whatnot. But no, this should be for, for all things considered. This is, you couldn't ask for much better. 
I mean, other than Florida or California, this is pretty much what you're expecting in December anyway. So, you know, 40 at kickoff. And this is maybe a little bit of the advantage you have of getting to play most of your your home games at 1 o'clock right now. It's going to change, guys. Trust me, it's going to change. It ain't going to be this way next year. But when you do have that advantage of, you know, you get to play in the prime sun hours and the warmer temperatures. Um, a lot going on here. Uh Pete, give me anything else NFL-wise you're looking for here this weekend. It's weird because you look at the NFC, it seemed like everything was so clear, and now all of a sudden the Rams are slowing down a little bit. All of a sudden the Saints are slowing down a little bit. The AFC, you know, somebody step up and just kill New England for the rest of us. I mean, let's just get them off the top perch, and then everybody else can fight for it as we get through these last two weeks. My big thing is I want to see Jared Goff bounce back, you know, He's had a bad stretch, and I think a lot of it is issues that he had at Cal. He struggles to deal with interior pressure, and the games that that teams have been able to give him issues. He would get killed against his own team. Yes, his own team. Aaron Donald would kill him. So, like the two the two games he's most notably struggled in the uh, the uh, Chicago Bears, Akeem Hicks, who should be an All Pro, uh, and then who was it this past week? The Rams. Oh, uh, no, what's his name? Uh, Fletcher Cox. Yeah, Fletcher Cox, another stud interior guy. Uh, whether, you know, the Rams, oh, when they get in the playoffs, they're going to have to deal with this. If they end up in a team like Chicago again, Akeem Hicks is back. If they end up with New Orleans, it's Sheldon Rankins. They're going to have to, he's going to have to step up in a game where he can make these things. He can't get into that mess of constantly drifting back off passes feeling uncomfortable, uh, throwing the ball early to get get out of things. And and some of these teams are just dropping their coverage back, saying, you know, Todd Gurley's going to get his as long as he doesn't get too nuts. But Jared Goff's not going to be – I don't know if Todd Gurley's going to play until the playoffs. So who even knows with that? Right. So that – and then that's, that's the other thing. But, you know, that's the – and the Cowboys are in that boat. Really, realistically, it's – can any of these NFC teams play away from home? Because they all look terrible when they get on the road, whether it's the Cowboys, the Saints, never want to leave the, the Superdome, uh, or the, what is it, the uh, whatever dome is in New Orleans. The uh, Rams don't want to leave. The Mercedes Dome, I think now maybe it is. Yeah, they, nobody nobody wants to leave home. That's field. why I would almost like the Bears, because I think their game would travel the best because they're going to get the advantage of, wow, we're going to get to go to a warmer climate? Yeah, maybe. I mean, right now, it's, you know, the New Orleans Saints are in the catbird seat simply because, uh, you know, they, they should have home field throughout the entire thing. But, yeah, somebody's going to have to win one of these road games, and I'm not sure which team can do it. So that's, you know, the NFC is interesting that, from that standpoint. AFC, I mean, it's a mess. Uh, you know, it's which, it's which AFC West team is going to be, you know, the, the, the best out of this. It's going to be the Chargers. It's going to be the Chiefs. Uh, you know, everybody else is sort of scuffling. There's no real dominant team out there. I mean, the Colts are, are very good. Uh, I don't know if they're quite on the level of, of either of those AFC West teams, but that that's certainly... The, the Colts are luck maintaining his health one year away. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they can... they Look, I think they can go in and steal one from somebody just because of the, the the way that offensive line's playing and the dual threat. But I tend to agree with you. I think, I think they're a couple pieces away... From really making that, you know, whether that's a, a Le'Veon Bell type signing or whether that's, you know, just adding adding more to that defense or whatever, uh, they may be, you know, 
a team that can make a little noise but ultimately fall short and and much like the Browns be sort of ramped and ready to really make a push next year. I 100% agree. And guys, um, if you heard us talk about the interior defensive line play, that's why you're going to hear us scream about it the entire offseason, whether it's free agency, whether it's a trade with somebody, or whether it is through the draft. One more guy, because if the pressure's coming up the middle, it's over. What are you going to run into? Miles Garrett, Jannard Avery, Larry Ogunjobi, or whoever the new guy is? It's over. It'll be stinking lights out. This has been your Action Heat Locked On Browns pregame show. Pete Smith, all the work over at NFL Spin Zone. Give him, under, uh, give him a follow at underscore Pete Smith underscore or something of that nature. You guys all know who he is. And stop giving Pete a hard time for having his own damn opinions. Uh, go ahead follow the show at Locked On Browns. Uh, on Twitter, we always keep that a follow-back account. Follow me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Guys, iTunes, ratings, reviews, they're awesome. They always help with the show's you know, growth. And look, guys, we are growing, and I appreciate every damn one of you for it. Whether it's Surrey, whether it's Alexa, tell them to play Locked On Browns. I had my daughters do it last night. They were like, no, no, no. Oh, wow, it, it did work, Dad. Yeah, well, some things happen, guys. You know, we got some growth going on here. Um, guys, I appreciate everything. Um, we Like always, we should be up within one hour after the final gun on Sunday. Uh, I don't see any problems with that. I will not be trapped in Atlantic City uh, for a daughter's birthday party, so we should be up as normal time as we usually are. Um, guys, another fantastic month here. It should be another record-breaking month. I cannot be more thankful. Um, you, you'll, hear it. you'll hear me before we hit Christmas. But an early Merry Christmas, everybody. Enjoy the weekend. Everybody going Sunday. Enjoy the living hell out of it. This is the year. This is it. It's It's been turned around since the franchise has been back. Guys, the better days we've all longed for. And, you know, the hue and the whatever and that quarterback list. You want to hold a parade? Hold a parade for all the shit that needs to be buried because of what this season has brought to this franchise. As we always say when we close the show, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.